Hey everybody, this is Pastor Nicole Schreiber. I'm excited to bring to you our third podcast in the series, Blessed. Uh, What we are just really excited about this summer is we know that you are out and about, hopefully enjoying this uh, incredible heat. Uh, Maybe you're biking or walking or doing something outside. And so we wanted to just provide for you some bonus podcasts um, so that you could engage in them this summer and really just continue to get the word of God um, in your heart. Um, So we're going through this series on Beatitudes. We finished it in June and we talked for four weeks about um, the different Beatitudes in Matthew 5 uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, what we decided to do was just some extra bonus material about some of these Beatitudes so that you could really get your mind around them. And so today I'm going to continue with that. And I want to focus a little bit on um, today on the beatitude, uh, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And uh, it's interesting about four years ago, um, my husband and I, we had two little girls and we were uh, deciding whether uh, our family was complete or we were going to um, have another child. And um, my mother-in-law had a dream that I was going to have twin girls and that I was going to name them Mercy and Joy. And that panicked me a little bit, to tell you the truth, because we already had two kids and we thought that uh, if we had, if that was a correct dream, that would double our family size, that would double our kids. And so um, I was praying through that dream and I felt like God was saying, no, um, you're going to have a little girl and I want you to name her Mercy Joy. And so that's what happened Uh, on February 5th, 2015. um, I had a sweet little girl uh, and we named her Mercy Joy Schreiber and she is three and a half now and such a blessing and just a a wonderful um, just joy to our lives in addition to our family. And so we're so thankful for her um, to God and, and for that particular specific name that God had given us. And so I think about Mercy a lot um, because... She, of course, is um, named after that incredible virtue, but also just because it's so much um, in my life and on my lips, um, so much calling her name. And so it was interesting. I was at Chick-fil-A the other day, and I was carrying Mercy um, up to the counter to buy lunch, and I ran into um, an old friend who used to attend church and um, had left um, with a lot of offenses, a lot of hurts, as happens sometimes uh, in, in, in churches. And as I walked up to him, I was carrying mercy, uh, in my, in my arms. And I felt the Holy Spirit remind me, um, that that is how I should approach him is just carrying the mercy of God, uh, up, up to the conversation. And so we had a great conversation. Um, he actually interacted with her. He asked what her name was and I said, mercy and, and, and he smiled and it was just such a, it was a very nice time. And I really believe that God um, perhaps maybe began a healing there in that moment. But what, what just really reminded me is how every day uh, we need to carry the mercy of God with us into every conversation, into every situation, into every scenario. And um, that this is just a really important concept for us to remember that blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. In fact, the first sermon I ever preached uh, was when I was in college uh, to our campus ministry group, Chi Alpha. And um, the the title of that sermon was A Grace and Mercy Sandwich. A Grace and Mercy Sandwich. Because I really felt 
like I began to understand as I followed Christ that I lived between grace and mercy. I lived in a grace and mercy sandwich. I've always heard grace as being defined as uh, getting things you don't deserve and mercy being defined as being spared from the things you do deserve. So grace is getting things you don't deserve and mercy is defined as being spared from the things you do deserve. And so as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are always living between grace and mercy. We are living uh, with things we don't deserve, with joy and courage and strength and grace and forgiveness. And we are also being spared constantly from what we do deserve. And and so I think this particular um, beatitude is so tied to the first beatitude Um, about blessed are the poor in spirit because mercy really comes from a heart that has felt its spiritual bankruptcy. Mercy really comes from a heart uh, of someone who understands the amount of grace and mercy that the Lord has, has poured out on you. That is how your heart becomes merciful. Um, The key to becoming a merciful person is to become a broken person. The key to becoming a merciful person is to become a broken person. You get the power to show mercy from the real feeling in your heart that you owe everything to the God who who gives you mercy. And therefore, if we want to be merciful people, we have to have this view of God being merciful. We have to have this real deep understanding of the undeserved mercy and love and grace of God. Because if we don't, we cannot act merciful. We cannot um, dish out, we cannot carry mercy into our situations if we have a pride or misunderstanding of what God has provided for us. It's really stark in the scripture. It says that if we don't forgive other people, God won't forgive us. That if we don't forgive other people, that God won't forgive us. If we don't work through our offenses, if we don't... um, if we're not able to push through our feelings of hurt and of pain from other people, then God says that he can't forgive us, that Christ's blood shed for us, reconciled us to God, and his grace is free and his grace is abundant. But it does have a condition in this sense. And basically the scripture says that if we don't forgive others, our faith doesn't work, that everything that comes from God comes from faith. And so our faith is broken. We're in trouble without faith. Uh, And so if we want mercy, we have to give mercy. If we want grace, we have to give grace. If we want forgiveness, we we have to give forgiveness. I'm so glad that God doesn't put a limit on how many times he forgives me. I'm, I'm so glad that the scripture says that he'll forgive us 70 times, seven times, and that we should do that for other people because we are just are in so much need of that forgiveness and that mercy and that grace. I don't know about any of you, but But so many times I found myself in the same position over and over and over. The same thing I've asked God for forgiveness for. I find myself um, in that position asking God again, just again, 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 and for forgiveness. Another reason that it's just so dangerous to not forgive others, to not have grace and mercy on other people, is that that offense, that hurt, that that, um, unforgiveness can really steal the anointing on our lives. And the anointing is, is God's power. Anointing is the ability that rests, rests on us and through us that helps us do things that 
um, would be hard without God, but are easy because he gives us the strength to do it. It's the things that God has given you specifically for you to do. And it's interesting because the enemy will attack you constantly because he wants you bound up in bitterness and resentment and offense because this will shut down your anointing. It'll shut down this ministry that you're supposed to have. If you are if you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you cannot extend mercy and grace to people, then God cannot flow through the anointing and the calling that he has on your life. You can't be unforgiving and offended and still carry the anointing. You can't have um, strife in your relationships and friendships and family and still have the anointing. In fact, if you're in the place that God wants you, the enemy will try to offend you to get you out. He will try to bring people into your life that will offend you so that you stop doing the ministry and the anointing that he has for you because he wants to uproot men and women from the place where God plants them because if he can get you out, he's succeeded. And so I I, I often remind people this, if you quit going to Bible study or church or quit giving or quit on a friendship because you're offended, then you have have truly taken the bait of the enemy. You've, You've walked right into the trap um, if you, in that, in that offense, in that unmercifulness, uh, will have stolen what God has designed for you. But if you will not budge, even in the midst of great conflict, you spoil the enemy's plans. You spoil the enemy's plans. And, and it often, if we're offended, if we're hurt, if we're not able to give mercy to other people, it clouds our purpose. It clouds our vision. It, it completely deteriorates our effectiveness um, in the ministry of what God's asked us to do. And I really believe that the truth is if the enemy can get you offended, he can ruin your days. He can ruin your days. But mercy is what keeps us soft. It's what keeps our hearts pliable. It's what keeps our hearts uh, in this position to receive mercy and grace from God. You know, sometimes uh, we can see uh, things more clearly when we look at the opposite of them. And so one, another illustration in the scripture of, of the opposite of mercy um, is found in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want to read to you that today. It's from Luke 10. Uh, and it says, um, Behold, uh, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to, attest, to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and he bandaged bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And so what's happening in this moment is um, 
the uh, teacher of the law is trying to get Jesus on a technicality. Uh, Jesus is saying, listen, um, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, the teacher of the law is saying, but who's my neighbor? I mean, technically, who's my neighbor? Trying to get out of the blanket statement that we are to be merciful and to love everyone. But who is technically my neighbor? And that pride and a little bit of that uh, maybe disobedience comes out in this moment. So Jesus, you know, in his just brilliant way, tells the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he explains to him that, you know, the priest, the person that you would expect to be merciful, that would always stop to help a need, uh, walks just away from the man who is half dead. And then a Levite who is also um, known as high, just in high regard with high integrity and high priorities and, and to have loved, loved God very deeply also walks by him. But the third person, the Samaritan, who, who is somebody who doesn't have as much respect in that culture, it is someone that you would not expect to make the right and the best decision, he is the one who goes to him. And he meets his practical need and he helps him and, and he puts him on his own donkey. He gives him everything that he has. And Jesus says, so who is the person who's actually following this command? And the expert in the law, I really believe with his tail between his legs, says, well, the one who had mercy on him. And that really paints this picture for the man of what Jesus is talking about that has nothing to do with the exterior of who you are. You can have the title of priest. You can have the reputation of a Levite. But if you are not merciful, then you are not showing that you are in the kingdom of God. And so being merciful is seeing distress, responding internally with a heart of compassion or pity toward a person in distress, and then responding externally with a practical effort to relieve the distress. And lastly, the, the real um, just kicker in this whole story of the Good Samaritan is to act even when the person in distress is an enemy. Even when the person in distress is not someone that you would typically help, is maybe not someone that you agree with completely in all their decisions or the fullness of who they are, but mercy is an eye for distress, a heart of pity, and an effort to help in spite of even cultural barriers or, or, or gaps in, in understanding. And that's mercy. That's us having mercy. And so often I think we, we kind of talk ourselves out of mercy because we think of, well, what, what about this situation or what about that situation? And, and, you know, the scriptures do not, they don't have hard and fast rules of every situation. And, and this is how you're merciful and this is how you're just. And, and, and we don't always understand and know, and it may not even be the same exact way that you're supposed to show mercy to the same two situations. But the aim of the scripture isn't to give us a step-by-step um, exact guide of this is who you show mercy to and this is how and this is when. The aim of the scripture is to produce a, a merciful person, to not provide an exhaustive list of rules for every situation, but to pr- provide a person, produce a person who can look at a situation, see a need, understand how the Holy Spirit would want us to meet it and to act on that need. And and how do you know when to do justice and when to show mercy and, and what to do for every situation? I, I would answer that question by saying, just get as close to Jesus as you possibly can, because he will show you, he will show us. And it may not even be the same thing every two, two times in a row, but he will show us how to be merciful. The, the Beatitude says, blessed are the merciful, not 
blessed are those who know exactly when and how to show mercy in all circumstances. We just must be merciful people who can act mercif- mercifully, act in justice. We, we must be poor in spirit, sorrowful for our own sin, uh, feeling the pain of other people, and making every effort to see the greatest good done for the greatest number of people. I'm really trusting today that God's going to give you an opportunity to be merciful, that he's going to remind you of how much he has forgiven you for and how merciful uh, you can extend because you have been um, the recipient of so much mercy. I pray you have a great day and that this word has encouraged you and moved you toward life change to be more like Jesus. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.